Hello and welcome to another episode of Humans of ID podcast. It's been a minute since we last sat down to have a conversation in the frameworks of this podcast. And the reason was obviously the exams that we were dealing with. There were a great deal of assignments we had to hand in even after the classes were over, April 1st onwards. But we are here today, ready to bring you another episode, this time about entrepreneurship and development. With me here is Becky Aislin, who is currently pursuing her master's in development management while simultaneously running her company in the US, which helps other small scale businesses become B Corp certified and have a more ethical business proven on paper with given measurements and requirements. If you don't know what B Corp certification or ethical businesses might mean, don't worry about it. We will cover that and more topics in our episode here today. First of all, I would like to welcome our guest Becky here today. Hi, Becky. How are you doing? Hi, Nathan. Thank you. I'm great. Yeah, sitting here at Connet House overlooking London, so can't complain. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being here. It's a, it's a nice sunny day. We are all working on the dissertation. How is your mood? Yeah, mostly good. I think it's been, my schedule is full uh, just with work and dissertation, but it's been good. It's been life-giving. I'm doing interviews for my dissertation, so having a lot of really interesting conversations. So yeah, busy, but good. Oh, wow. Very good. Very good. Uh, my Mine is mainly literature-based, so I usually get envious of, of people who have to do interviews because I think it's so enriching when you gather the data yeah. for yourself. Yeah, it's it's been really cool. Just I always add extra questions just because I'm genuinely interested in kind of my topic and people interviewing. So I always do the interview and then cut the recording and just ask. So it's been that's been a really cool like forced mentorship, I guess. Amazing. We'll yeah. we'll talk more about the dissertation uh, during the conversation. I hope because I know that it's really connected to what you actually do in your job. Um, so I think it's it's a really cool thing that you connected. Uh, the two worlds together. Um, maybe before that, if you could just tell us a bit about your background, how you ended up at LSE, what motivated you to, motivated you to do this program? Yeah, absolutely. So I studied social innovation and entrepreneurship in my undergrad. Um, so I got my bachelor's in that. And shortly after graduating, started the company. So Everett Consulting, which yeah, I can tell you more about later, but essentially yeah, helping companies get B Corp certified, kind of bridging the gap between traditional business and social enterprise. Um, so I've been doing that the past four years. And then why I chose LSE, I was really interested in kind of the marriage between business and development, or really like public and private sector, kind of how business played into development um, and where the public sector ties into that. And I had studied business, you know, most of my education experience so really wanted to kind of see the other side of things and then and I also was yeah really interested in in development during my undergrad as well but didn't really study it so chose this program um, without really ever having studied economics or political science um, and that's why I chose LSE and then also because of their LSE generate program so they have a LSE has an amazing social entrepreneurship hub and like network co-working spaces so that was also kind of a draw to the school. Mm-hmm. Um, and London, obviously. <laughs> How have you found uh, the program connected to your own interests? Yeah, I've been surprised how much overlap there is. I kind of expected to be the outlier and coming from a business background, 
didn't really expect to learn much about the private sector or ESG or sustainable business. Um, and not that our program named it explicitly, but I've, I think I found a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of coursework that kind of made me think about where business fits in to development and how important the private sector is. Um, and then also I took a lot of, most of my electives in the management department. So I took like designing innovative social enterprises and I took corporate social responsibility um, and human rights. So I think kind of taking those courses along with their core development class, I was constantly kind of in this like, okay, business, here's business. What are they doing? Here's everything else. Kind of like, I guess, stakeholder collaboration was something that came up a lot. Like how can businesses work with public sector to make development happen, which is obviously a massive topic and super complicated, but I yeah, I really enjoyed the program. I know people have mixed feelings about it. I, I personally really enjoyed her. Yeah, really enjoyed the program. Learned a lot. I'm still, yeah, I'm still learning. So, yeah, That's thankful. True. Very nice, very nice. Um, maybe you can tell us a bit more about your company, what you do, how it ties to, to development. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so after graduating, um, my co-founder and I, we both studied the same thing and kind of through some research we did together, we we studied mostly um, supply chains in the textile industry. And so kind of it was made really transparent how much disruption there are and how kind of unethical certain industries can be. Um, and then we also did a did a project together where we helped a company start microfinance, um, start a microfinance program in both Haiti and Uganda. So I think through that seeing one, the power of business to solve social problems from a small scale with microfinance. And then two, seeing like companies that are, you know, contributing to a lot of social environmental problems. Um, but then also we researched a lot of companies doing things extremely well and who are really using their business model to be a force for good. So that's when we graduated and we're like, man, if we can enter into this gap and kind of help traditional businesses take small steps to become social enterprises, uh, that would just be a really rad space to enter. We had no idea what we were doing. We we're super young and naive, but then saw B Corp certification as just the most respected international certification for social and environmental sustainability. Mm -hmm. So we essentially, you know, went through a course, kind of studied the ins and outs of that certification, came to really respect it, and essentially became experts in just how to get certified. It's a super rigorous process, um, but saw that as kind of like our step in the door to enter the consulting space. We didn't think we'd do that for that long. We thought we'd kind of go independent and do our own kind of consulting, which is silly to think about now because we had no idea what we were doing. But we then, the past four years, we started with one company in 2018 and then have been kind of slowly working with companies, mostly medium and small and medium-sized businesses. Um, but we just walked into the full process of getting certified, which takes about between four and 10 months, depending on what they initially score and help them implement programs, adopt formal policies, um, and then also do some like reporting, impact reporting and impact marketing afterwards. Uh, so yeah, that's how kind of the founding story, I guess, and a, and a little bit of what the company looks like now. Are you thinking of scaling it in, in the future? So yes, we are looking to scale. Um, the B Corp movement is growing really rapidly. And so that means our company is growing, which is exciting, but we don't really have the capacity or the bandwidth to grow at the rate of B Corp right now. So we have two employees, um, but myself and my co-founder both finishing up our master's. So we're kind of in this 
interesting. We're just telling companies they have to wait till January to work with us. So we have kind of this backlog of companies and yeah, we want to scale. I think there's the B Corp certification process is really changing. And so we're realizing we're going to have to kind of adapt our services as well. Um, But what I'm really excited about is to also kind of start working with businesses in emerging markets as well. So there's a, which is kind of where development ties into it too, seeing that um, like businesses in development contexts may not have access to the resources or funding um, that most of the B Corps I typically work with do. And so there's a big B Corp movement happening in East Africa, actually not big, it's really small, but it's happening. (laughs) Um, So we're hoping to kind of enter into that space and see what it could look like to work with B Corps in East Africa and even just more generally social enterprises in East Africa and connect them with potential, you know, either funding opportunities or, or tools and resources to help them scale. That's more of a like maybe three to four year vision out, but that's definitely when I, when I look ahead at the future of the company, I see, I get most excited about that branch. Mm. Um, yeah. And so many of your clients have been U.S. based companies, I'm guessing. U.S. and U.K. and then one, one from South America, but mostly yeah, U.S. and U.K. And how have you found uh, that type of experience tied to what we were studying about, you know, as you said, emerging markets and the global south and, mm-hmm. um, you know, where, where are the opportunities and challenges there? Yeah, I think B Corp scratches the surface, to be honest. It, like it, 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 gives, it gives companies kind of a, like a, a window into what they're doing poorly. So I, in that sense, it's like allows a business to see, okay, here are my blind spots, you know, here's where I scored really lowly because there are five categories of B Corp. So environment, governance, community, workers, and customers. So it's a really holistic approach. Um, so allows businesses to see where they can improve. Um, and it tends to be kind of a surface level starting point for sure to, to kind of get the points and enter into the space because usually it's businesses that haven't thought about sustainability much before. So for them even you know, like assessing their supply chain or sending out a supplier code of conduct to all of their suppliers. It's just like a very small step. Um, but I think the, yeah, the supplier section is where I see the most overlap just because most companies, their operations, a lot of their operations or their sourcing are happening in developing countries and emerging markets. Um, but companies don't really have any idea of what's actually happening or the standards. So that's where, and I think B Corp could do a better job actually at having higher standards for businesses actually need to report on. But that's where I'm excited to also, you know, go a little bit deeper into that space with the businesses we're working with. Because um, I think if businesses, yeah, just are more transparent about like their full value chain and not just the operations that are happening in the US or the UK, I think that's where yeah, more impactful change could happen from a development standpoint. Mm, very interesting. So I have a follow-up question about, you know, academics and development because you were one of the very few people that were working as you were studying, but you were in a unique position because you were running your own company as you were studying rather than work for another company. So I remember we had the class designing innovative social enterprises together. And after that three hour class, you immediately jumped on a call with a client, which I thought, you know, you have to be superhuman to have the types of abilities. But um, I was just curious, you know, since you mainly worked with the global north with your work and then whatever we were studying in development were quite different and the markets that we were uh, learning about were quite different you know how did this translate into your work the whatever you were learning in academics 
Yeah, that's a good question. I think I'm still in the process of figuring that out, to be honest, of kind of how much overlap there was. I think, I mean, my management courses definitely played a big role in. So like a theory of change we learned in designing innovative social enterprises, and I've already incorporated um, kind of a new version of that tool into our consulting services. So that's been a cool, really practical kind of learned this in class, change the way we consult clients. Um, but then from a development standpoint, I think, I mean, I, the, like the importance of context, right, is something I knew, but that's definitely something I'm thinking about more so even in a developed context. Um, you know, a company in, uh, we're working with a company that was founded by two Ukrainian women um, and also a company, you know, founded by Santa Barbara women who have very similar background as we do. So trying to enter consultation calls, obviously just, I think I, I have more of a kind of a mindset of, okay, how do I start with deep listening and understanding context and culture? That's something. And then the importance of like the full value chain of a company. Also, I knew that was important before, but this class made me realize it's not only important, but it needs to be like essential and a priority for us as a consulting firm. Um, and I think my consulting project with DM was with the coffee gardens in their social enterprise in Eastern Uganda. And we looked at, um, and they do things really well in terms of kind of, you know, the full value chain. I think I'm, I'm trying to think, okay, how can we help companies really holistically look at their mm-hmm. full value chain and, and then be transparent about that? So I, I think we have a lot of growing to do. And I think if I weren't working, I wouldn't have been thinking as much about how business fits into development because our program doesn't explicitly, you know, talk about it that much. Forced to have like a business lens and an ESG lens while learning about development. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Very interesting. Yeah. I've been thinking the, the same things, you know, because now obviously we can't only rely on one type of development because obviously, you know, the world is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. We, need to, we need to keep up with that pace and um, social entrepreneurship and sustainability is like the mm-hmm. kid. So, yeah interesting to have those um, thoughts and those conversations. Um, maybe you can also talk a little bit about your dissertation. I know that it's connected to your work and it's, uh, it's a very interesting topic and uh, you know how it's, how it's connected to entrepreneurship, how it's connected to the work that you're doing at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, it's not, I guess, directly connected to my company or my work, but in terms of social enterprise and emerging markets, it is. So I'm looking at how different models of, or how current models of impact investment and impact measurement are affecting social enterprises in East Africa. Um, so yeah, that's my topic. And I've been interviewing B Corps in East Africa to see kind of how they're measuring their impact and what their experience has been with impact investment. And I'm just finding a lot of challenges that they face that I think is, is really unique to them being in a developed, developing context and different you know, cultural institutional barriers that they're facing that may not necessarily fit with how we do impact investment and impact measurement in the West. And there's a lot of literature on this. Um, actually, not a lot, but <laughs> there's a lot of recent literature on this. Mm-hmm. But most of it is looking at kind of the impact investors experience and challenges faced on the like, supply side in that sense. But there's not a lot that really looks at like the enterprise's experience on the ground and how, you know, kind of being forced is a strong word, but how, you know, being pressured to measure their impact may actually be causing them to kind of shift away from their original mission or 
it's maybe, yeah, it's maybe just an added barrier that's not really improving the impact they're making. It's just to take a box for an investor. So it's been really interesting. And I've, I'm interviewing investors as well as founders. So that's where I'm kind of, I'm probably going way too wide because I'm just <laughs> like saying yes to every interview because it's really interesting to me. But um, yeah, I'm excited and, and kind of hopeful that this dissertation sets sets me up to maybe, you know, go into this, build out potentially a branch for Everroot that's more in the emerging market space, maybe something, you know, where there's an impact investment branch as well. So I see this as kind of forced market research for <laughs> the direction I want the company to go, which is fun to think about, but trying to stay focused on the dissertation and not <laughs> applying it immediately to my company as well, because... <laughs> I feel very behind. <laughs> we all do. Don't worry about it. Um, now that you know there is summer and it's exciting, you want to do all the cool things. Yeah. Um, we all need to work on the the dissertation to hand it at the end of August. But maybe um, my last question would kind of be, you know, how you found your life to be in London. I know that you you were really engaged with LSE Generate, so. Um, you know, how, how did you find your life outside of the, the classes? Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really like London. I think having like my husband's working at BrewDog, which makes life fun. LSE Generate was honestly a highlight of my time in London. I went to Portugal, went to Lisbon for a conference with them. And that was just an incredible experience. And I'm also going to do another conference with them in Berlin. Um, so I guess those are outside of London, but I think the network that I found in London has been super fun. And then just the city running through the city is another thing I love so we lived right by Regent's Park so just getting to like be in parks and run and be along the canal yeah I'm leaving in a month um out of London and it's like I'm just trying to soak in every day because I really I love it it's a lot better to or it's a lot easier to say that when it's sunny I think oh, <laughs> than yeah. when it was cold <laughs> but yeah I I like I like London it's a good city was the one thing that you want to try before you leave since you were living so soon? That's a good question. I haven't been on a boat mm. besides the, obviously the end of year party, but I haven't been on like a boat, another, a small boat on the Thames Canal. So I think I'll put that on my list. That's a good one. <laughs> Thanks so much, Becky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation. I hope that more people will consider this type of pathway with a development related degree outside of the traditional institutions or traditional pathways that we often end up in. And I'm sure that you will serve as a great example of that. Um, all the best of luck on the dissertation. And thank you everyone for being with us and listening to our podcast. And have a great day.